Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It is UMass week, which means it's Ohio State week part one. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Ryan Snyder, Sean Fitz with me on the BWI Live recruiting show. Getting uh, some things in order here today. Got a, a nice diversity of things. I always like having a lot of different things to talk about. I think it, it provides a lot of fun, different ways we can take the show. So we got a big rundown coming up today. We're going to take a look at a, a very, 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 very early look at the UMass visitor list. Kind of give you more of the idea of what's going to be coming up with that game and what you might want to expect from that. We're going to take a look back at September. We're going to take a look ahead at October and November. It's a good opportunity to really reset in the recruiting calendar, and we have two of the experts in recruiting to get to that today. And we're going to play another round of True or False, this time Recruiting Edition. I'm going to pose questions to these guys. They're going to answer them for you to do a little light prognostication for the final uh, couple months here in 2023 for the class of 2024. So uh, off the top, uh, Ryan, good morning. Glad to have you with us. And uh, what's on your mind today as we head into this uh, first full week of October? Well, figuring out that UMass visitor list will certainly be a focus this week. Um, uh, I'll have a story later today on just kind of what to expect in October, what we're trying to keep an eye on um, over here in the coming weeks. Obviously, Jalen Harvey He's talking about making a decision in October. We talked about that on the Friday podcast a bit. That'll be part of it. And uh, yeah, man, just trying to figure out uh, 
really that UMass list. I mean, that'll be a big, that'll be a big focus here over the next 48, 72 hours. Uh, something came down last night for Penn State football. Sean Fitz, Sione Lalea choosing Oregon. Uh, not a surprise as Penn State was not in his final three, but still uh, that kind of sets up some of the final run here in 2024 as Penn State needs another corner in this class, or they would like to have another corner in this class, especially, you know, I think Lalea, the way that he was an older, more mature player at the JUCO level, probably really fit well into this. I guess, what's the what's the situation? What's the pivot now? Or what, what are your thoughts about uh, the announcement last night? Well, we actually have some more recent information in terms of Penn State stuff. Uh, Ohio State kickoff was just announced for noon. So, you know, uh-huh. I, I, th- I know that's been expected, but that just came out a minute ago. So uh, I know people track those things like crazy, but uh, big noon kickoff is here Tuesday. Anyway, uh, Siona Lalea, yeah, last night that was a that was a twister. Um, there's there's a lot we're not going to get into on the show. You can check out BlueWhiteIllustrated.com a little bit later for for more on that. Um, but uh, it seemed like Penn State was out; they were not out. Um, and then twist turns. JUCO recruiting is crazy, um, and Penn State is not the choice. Oregon was the choice last night. Um, we'll talk again. We'll talk more about that on BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Um, the thing to look at is how that impacts Penn State in 2024. I mean, because you're looking, you said Penn State wants to or, or can add another corner, and that's a double-edged sword because, yes, you can add another corner, but you're not going to add a game-ready corner, seemingly, seemingly what Lalea would have been as a junior college guy, uh, a productive junior college guy with size and can run and things like that. Um, who knows how he would have taken to just being dropped in the pot next year. But still, you would like an older guy. So this is probably going to diverge more to the transfer portal than to recruiting. I think that that's the way to uh, look at it because they're going to try and figure out what they've got. They, I tell you what, they're really happy with Zion Tracy. Like Zion Tracy has been, um, you know, obviously has, he had the athleticism and stuff from the camp, but like they were very, they've been very surprised about how he's played and pleasantly surprised about how he's played. Um, Elliot Washington's there, of course. Um, you know, you've got you've got guys that you think can be players. It's just you're gonna have to bridge a gap because you're probably gonna lose three corners after this year. Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, and Daquan Hardy. So Cam Miller's back, of course. Um, and you've got bodies that you think can play. Um, bringing in a couple guys from from down south that maybe Belgrave Shorter can play right away. Maybe John Mitchell can play right away. But you're probably not gonna lean on that, you know, heavily for a freshman. So I think it's gonna diverge more into the transfer portal system or the transfer port- portal um, segment of recruiting. And and that's not a surprise. Like Penn State's always going to look for corners. Corners is one of the most important positions in this defense. Mm-hmm. And they're always going to look for guys. They, they went out and got Storm Duck last year, who was going to be a three or four. You know, that, that that's how important this position is to Penn State. Uh, we'll get to, that's a little bit of foreshadowing for later in the show today. Um, some well wishes we'd like to send over to Benedict Dume. Ryan, can you fill us in a little bit more on what happened, the situation with Benedict? Yeah, I mean, he... Yeah, I I feel so bad for that kid. I mean, he he just you know confirmed last night that uh, he rounded up or finished out his chemotherapy, which was a very nobody talked about that. You know that kind of Sean and I learned about it, I guess in the summertime, and just obviously that was something we were never going to discuss publicly. Uh, that's that's for him to put out there. Uh, incredible kid. I don't know the details on you know what specifically he was fighting or anything like that. You know, but but you know he 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 did weeks and weeks of chemotherapy, which you know, at someone that age, you never want to see whether they're an athlete or anyone, right? Um, yeah. So, sounds like he is on the men and on the rise, and and uh, we all wish him the best because, yeah, whether you're a classy kid or not, it, no one wants to see that. But as far as somebody who you know, I've really grown to respect and appreciate, and you know, his family's incredible, and 
just everything about that kid I really like. And and I know Penn State fans obviously are, are bummed out to see him go to Stanford. But, you know, this is a player in my eyes that that it doesn't matter who you pull for. You know, this is a guy that, that you should root for and, and hope the good things come. And, uh, you know, when, when we heard about that, that was something that uh, really shocked me, scared me. And, and I'm really happy to hear that uh, he seems to be on the men. So, yeah, he put that out last night. I didn't I didn't think he was really going to make that public. I was kind of surprised to see that tweet, but uh, just really happy to, to hear that he is um, seems to be re- recovering well. And, you know, obviously, hopefully that's something he never has to deal with again. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, he made the announcement on social media last night. If you want to check out his uh, his announcement there, scary stuff. But hopefully, uh, you know, we all wish him the best and hope that his future is successful beyond just football. Um, So no good transition transitions from cancer to football. But uh, we've got true or false coming up at the end of the show. Submit your questions. I've got a a list here of things I'm going to ask these guys. But of course, like. You guys want to know stuff. You have burning questions in your mind, but just like in Jeopardy, you have to submit it in the form of a statement, which is, I think, actually pretty easy for the YouTube comment section. They like to give you their thoughts more than they want to ask questions. So this is tailor-made for you guys. Submit your your statements, and we'll get to true or false later in the show. But remember, put true or false in your statement so that I know to read it on the show later uh, later on. But today, we got to get to our show sponsor. Very excited to talk to you about Bird Dogs. I am currently wearing my Bird Dog shirt. Ryan and I were having a conversation before the show. He's like, man, I forgot to grab my shirt. I don't know where it is. It's probably super wrinkled. And I said, hey, dude. <laughs> This came directly out of the dryer, and it it hangs perfectly. So if you want elite clothing, birddogs.com, use the promo code BWI, and you will get uh, uh, a free Hydro Flask-style water bottle with your purchase at birddogs.com when you use promo code BWI. We have the uh, Yeti style here. I have loved this thing. We have an exponential number of these, by the way, uh, but this Bird Dogs one, just looks so classy. Fitz, um, uh, you're up here. Tell me about your experience so far with your bird dogs and how you've been using them in the last couple of weeks. Love them. Um, unfortunately, we came, or I, I was out of town this weekend and came back to 42 degrees. So the shorts did not get run this morning. Um, uh, but bummer. anytime I'm around the house, they're definitely there. I've got the joggers. Um, uh, those are fantastic uh, articles of clothing. I wear them all the time. I wear them like no lie way more than i really expected to and uh i'm very happy with the uh very happy with the purchase slash ad campaign that we have right here because it's uh it's good stuff yeah so again check it out birddogs.com backslash bwi you get your free hydro flask style water bottle with your purchase uh and i'm in the same boat where i just generally i wear i, I heard something this morning where you wear 20 percent of your clothing 80 percent of the time and the 20 percent is now 100% bird dogs for me. I wear this stuff everywhere. So check it out. It is fully endorsed by the Blue White Illustrated YouTube uh, staff. We love it here. So let's get into UMass. Coming up this weekend, I know you guys haven't gotten the list yet. Um, And of course, bluewhiteillustrated.com, great time to tell you. Go there if you want to check it out later in the week to know the players that are coming. It'll be updated throughout the week, as Ryan said to start the show. That's going to be his focus all week long but let's set up the situation so Fitz what is this what are the pluses and minuses of this recruiting uh weekend and what Penn State can do with it because this is going to play into what we talk about later in the show with October and November so making the most out of all of these weekends that they have left yeah um the 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 pluses uh the 330 kick helps and I know that this is UMass and you're going to look at it and say this is UMass like that's the that's the reality of the situation but like the 330 kick will give the opportunity for the kid in New Jersey to get here as opposed to just the kid from 
Lewistown. You know, it's, it, it's very different in terms of getting in here, in terms of traffic, in terms of the experience, really. Like a lot of these times when you're when you're getting here for a noon game and the, the visitor lists are never really good for noon games. We saw that with Delaware. Um, you, you have, you know, getting up at an ungodly hour, probably skipping film. If you're a high school prospect, probably skipping your film in the morning um, and then getting here and then getting into traffic. So it's, you know, for especially for the parents driving these guys, it's it's a bit of a frustrating uh, thing. You get a little bit more time spaced out with 3.30. So I think it just expands the natural region for uh, the visitors that can come in. Um, I know Penn State um, had been talking about some official visits uh, for this weekend. It's, it, it, how do I say this? They would rather have an official visit on the weekend of UMass than the weekend of Michigan, just because of yeah. all the logistics that go into Michigan being Michigan you know, to be honest with you. So um, we'll keep an eye on that and see if they sneak anybody in, in terms of official visitors um, at last check, there was none, but those things are, they, they can pop up pretty quickly. So I think it just expands your horizons in terms of um, things that'll get here. It won't be close to a whiteout list. And I'll be curious to see how it jives with, um, with the Indiana list later on. Um, unfortunately, you're coming off of basically two whiteouts. So two really, really good visitor lists for West Virginia and Iowa. Um, and now there's going to be some downtime. So that, that, that's completely fair. Um, you, you're also getting into walk-on season, which is um, you're seeing some of these senior ri senior risers that aren't scholarship senior risers. That happens all the time. Um, so that will help fill out the Pennsylvania um, uh, the Pennsylvania group that will be here. So I don't expect a huge list, but, you know, it, it, it gives you a little bit more flexibility with that 330 kick. Uh, Ryan, a patented T Frank curveball question coming at you. Uh, Fitz mentioned basically back to back whiteouts in September, or you know the, what they had in terms of those uh, big time games to start the year. The the whiteout being such a dominant performance from Penn State football. I know you talked to tons of players and got tons of articles over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Now that we've had a little bit of time between then and uh, th those reactions and now. How do you rate the experience for those players? And was it any different with a big time win as opposed to a loss or playing, you know, a different opponent that we've seen pretty much classically locked into one of two teams over the years? Right. How did all of that work out for Penn State in the end? Wins are always important. That's that always has to be one of the, the most important things when you're bringing guys to campus. You never want to. You know, you never want to show them, uh, you know, a loss or your flaws or whatever it may be, no matter what team you're playing. So that's important. I mean, I, I would still kind of go back to the if I'm ranking like the most important things, winning and and, and the overall atmosphere probably are, are one and two. And, and when you when you have guys constantly, you know, just just raving about uh, Beaver Stadium experience compared to the other schools. And, you know, a lot of these guys. Yeah, some of them are going to Michigan and, and Ohio State and some Southern schools, but many of them aren't. You know, they're doing just kind of regional schools throughout the area. And, uh, you know, none of those schools have the, the stadium capacity to, to match Penn State and then the overall, uh, you know, uh, fandom, I guess you would say, uh, to match it either. So it's always it's always I would say it was very good uh, recap, but similar to previous years as well. I mean, it's obviously been even a couple of years since they played Michigan uh, or, or Ohio State in those kind of games. So obviously yeah. Minnesota last year. So, uh, you know, it's it's a good experience. I don't I don't want to overthink it either. Uh, it's that's a big part of what guys want to see at the same time you know, relationships and depth charts and now NIL and, you know, all that stuff plays a massive role in kind of where guys are leading. But if you're trying to show somebody uh, an experience and what your game days are like, um, it, I mean, I, I think 
I can probably think of a dozen kids or so who, you know, let off their their reactions with that was the best game day experience I've had so far. And, and you got to set the bar high, right? Especially for those 2025 20, guys. They're going to go on and see another five, six, seven schools over the next year or two or games at those schools. And uh, Penn State there is going to be constantly the school that they're they're matching those experiences towards. So uh, high impact games in September. I think it was a uh, obviously clearly a successful run. The team is five and zero. They are you know in the top ten, maybe top five, depending on where you're looking. But coming forward, October and November, um, lots of great questions, lots of great true or falses in the chat that we're going to get to in just a little bit. But let's set it up by looking ahead to what Penn State has left on the calendar. So these are the remaining home dates, including this weekend against UMass, Indiana. Of course, the biggest one is Michigan on November 11th and then November 18th against Rutgers. Um, how how have you seen in the past these particular dates? Do, do Indiana and Rutgers have a meaningful weight to them, Fitz? Um, or are is, the, is it basically like Michigan and then everyone's trying to get to the Michigan game and then it becomes, okay, well, I couldn't get to the Michigan game, so I'm just going to go to the other one. Like, how, how, does, how does that work with other Big Ten schools that aren't the the name brands that Penn State fans are are so interested in, you know, in the final part of the season. Unfortunately for those other three, they're I mean they're they're quite a quite a long way behind Michigan in terms of demand. Um, the, the good thing for a, a game like Rutgers is that high school seasons are going to end, like, and that's going to give you a chance to maybe get some guys down from New England. Um, you always like look at the Thanksgiving weekend game, which this is before Thanksgiving, but. You always looked at that as sort of a jumping off point to the next cycle. And usually that's made up of New England kids, Jersey kids, you know, just just uh, places that that end their seasons, not earlier, but like playoffs. You know, not everybody makes the playoffs. Not everybody wins in the playoffs. So um, the later it goes, the better chance you have of, of like stacking guys for games that you probably wouldn't expect like Rutgers. So I think that Penn State will make an emphasis on that Rutgers game to to get guys here. Um, you know, you're winding down that Indiana game. Um, you're winding down to. I mean, the 28th. So usually the season ends like around November 4th. So like you got guys that have senior night, you got guys that have a lot of different things going on. So I think that Indiana game will just be, just be okay. Um, mm -hmm. And if that's a noon kick, then that's going to eat into that as well. So um, this weekend, you know, I went back and looked last year for central Michigan. They had, I think five or six um, guys that came for that, that had offers guys that, you know, some of those guys didn't, turn into prospects for Penn, Penn State, but guys that at least had the little check mark beside their name, that was nice. And then Northwestern, which was actually a really much better turnout than I thought it was, like, because you were looking, if you remember that Northwestern game last year, just an absolute monsoon, but they yeah. had guys from, you know, Texas came in, uh, Dalen McCutcheon came in last year, Malik Washington, the quarterback from Maryland came in last year, uh, Jalen Harvey was, that was one of his 40 visits or whatever. Um, so, you know, you've got, <laughs> like an opportunity to get those guys from, as we mentioned, the periphery of Penn state, you know, just getting around and, and, and getting them up here for a Saturday. So, um, you know, you can probably look at the first two visit or not the first two, but you can probably look at those two visitor lists in September and say, it's not going to get much better. Um, Michigan should be good as well. Those other three are just going to be lagging behind that. And it's just natural. That happens. Yeah. You, get, you can't hit them all. And, De and Delaware was Ryan was Delaware. The worst one we've seen. Yeah, I mean, it was all walk-ons, really. I mean, not, not you know, that was pretty much their entire focus. Usually for you know, uh, Ohio or Kent State, you know, there's usually like uh, a couple guys scattered in there who, you know, are true scholarship guys where, yeah, Delaware was pretty much entire walk-ons the, the right. whole way. Having a, a non-conference game late in the season, is this an advantage of having more 
impact games in September where the weather might be a little bit nicer. I know that um, the whiteout game wasn't necessarily the best weather in the world, but it wasn't terrible because it wasn't an October rain. It was September mm-hmm. rain. Like, how uh, is this preferable? Uh, is this something that, you know, with, with the future schedule, if they can get it, this is an advantage, or is this just a quirk that doesn't really matter because you're always going to have these non-conference games? I, I mean, I, I don't – go ahead, Sean. No, you go ahead. I don't. I mean, this game is scheduled here because it's off a of bye week and before Ohio State, right? I mean, that's why this game is where it's at. Penn State struggled at times coming off a of bye weeks. I mean, to me at least, maybe that's not exactly why they scheduled it there. But from the outside looking in, that's it's not there for recruiting reasons or anything like that. It's really nice um, that it's there. Yeah, we'll say yeah, whether it's yeah. intentional or not, it's really nice to be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it matters. You know, you're going to have these games whether it's in September or October that you know just from a recruiting perspective aren't as uh you know coveted i guess but one thing i want to add real quick was like if i'm looking at these final four games obviously michigan is at the top and it's and there's a good gap between but i'd had Rutgers as for as far as like recruiting turnout higher than indiana uh and big reason for that is we've seen over the years like when they play maryland they try to get a bunch of baltimore and, and you know uh pg county yeah, guys sure. up there when you look at Rutgers this year, you know, they have Michigan state and Indiana coming up. If they get a win in either of those games, they're going to be fighting for bowl eligibility. So Rutgers naturally will be promoting that to a lot of New Jersey recruits, which then Penn state will then try to get all those New Jersey recruits or a bunch of them to come on campus. Then uh, as Rutgers tries to fight for bowl eligibility. So you know, if I'm just ranking them, I, I'd have Michigan Rutgers, Indiana, UMass, as far as how I expect those, those lists to look. Wouldn't be surprised again with it being the last game of the year too. You got some New England guys coming in. They'll they'll get a bunch of 2025 New Jersey guys coming in for that, and it may have a little more juice than what we've seen in previous years as far as something to watch that weekend. Fitz, I apologize. I think you may have already answered this, but in terms of heading into November, December, right around the corner with the recruiting class being locked up for 2024. How does the balance work for 24-25 as we get into the later stages of the season? Is it is it 24 official visits are what you're looking for and then 25 like guys at games or is it a, it's just a blend of everything and whoever can come on campus that's that's how it works. Yeah, you've got the 24 official visits which are obviously paramount. Those are the guys that you're trying to get into your class before December and you know and those will be including that will be flips and you know guys are committed elsewhere and things like that. So that's that's number 1. Um, you're also looking at 2024 senior risers, and we've seen a couple of guys that popped up on campus recently um, that Penn State's monitoring, but hasn't moved on. And those, I think, those offers are, get a little bit different. Like if you offer a senior right now, you're probably going to be going in on him. So like it's a little bit different than just spraying out offers, and that's why they don't really do that there. So those two are the ones to look at for 24s. Of course, keeping your guys is is actually number one. Like keeping your 24 guys is number one. Keeping them yeah. from the other schools. Um, it's up there, but that kind of fits in the goes without saying. Um, 25, it's just getting guys out to games, um, getting guys that, you know, you feel good about. Like, they they feel good about the way that they put forth that September effort in terms of getting those guys to campus and sort of using it as a springboard. They're 5-0. and They've got defensive momentum, um, and they've got team momentum right now. So, like, spraying that out there to those 2025 kids is, you know, you're putting yourself on the map as a big-time program for some kids that maybe didn't think so coming into the cycle. So, um, that's going to, you know, continue to see, you know, like we're going to see those and, and, and this is sort of like a five years ago thing, but you're going to see the 24 numbers go down. You're going to see the 25 numbers come up. It's only natural because there's, there's more of those guys out there. And will all those guys end up premium targets for Penn state? No, they won't, but you want to get as many of those guys on campus, get their measurements, 
be around them, see how they react with other recruits, see how they react with the recruiting staff. And that's that's all part of the evaluation. I mean, that that's the thing that we really don't talk about is when when you come on campus, you're going to watch a game, you're going to have fun, you're going to you know look at the crowd, you're going to take your you know Instagram shots and everything like that. But you're also being evaluated for like how you act around people. And like that's a big part of it. And then again, something we really don't talk about very often is, you know, how what kind of composure do you have in terms of like talking to face to face with a with a coach? You know, how do you handle a situation where you're maybe not getting the, the attention that you think think you should get? Like those are all things that like the recruiting staff pays attention to and they've got a lot to do on a Saturday afternoon in Happy Valley. But it's uh, it, it's really sort of setting yourself up for the new year and you know there are some guys that are definitely no-brainer takes right now but a lot of these guys are that's still ongoing evaluations because they are halfway through their junior year and because you don't know those guys as well as you know the uh the, the 2024 guys we're going to take a look uh back at september just a brief look back but before that we got to get to today's sponsor and that is my perfect franchise uh whether it's a downturn in the economy or everything's booming it doesn't matter. The best way to protect your investments is to be in the right business. And Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net, that is what he does. He gets you into the right business to manage. And that is, you know, buying into a corporate structure. That is the way that you can find, you know, you're out of the corporate rat race. If you've got the skills to manage a business because you've been managing somebody else's business, maybe you're looking for a side hustle while working at your current job, or you want to diversify your wealth. You want to be more bulletproof in your portfolio. Owning a business and running it can be a major benefit to you. So check out My Perfect Franchise. Andy Ludicky is a franchise consultant with extensive experience placing people like you within the perfect franchise to manage. And I mean people like you because he is a message board member. He is a lifer in recruiting. So if you're here watching this show, you're one of the 100,000 people, don't check my numbers, uh, that are watching the show, you are probably you have something in common with Andy. So check out his uh, extensive experience and get in contact with him to help diversify your portfolio and move forward to the next stage of your life. Call him at 404-973-9901. That's 404-973-9901 or Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. His services are 100% free. He's here to help if you have any questions. And as always, like I said, you can check him out at the Blue White Illustrated message board or email him at the contact info I just gave you or that you're reading here on the YouTube channel. So thanks again to Andy for being a sponsor of the show, one of our longest-running sponsors on the BWI Live Recruiting Show. Okay, so uh, this is Ryan' beautiful setup for us here because Friday you put out the article, Things That You Learned in September. Go check it out. Another reason to go to BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Sign up right now. Get in on all of the information. Ryan, give us one thing you learned from September and leave the rest for people to go read your eloquent writing over at the site. Yeah, so many things we learned in September, right? I mean, I, I think naturally fans will always gravitate to three commitments. Three commitments always gets the headlines. Any commitment gets the headlines. But there's a lot more, you know, when you dig into numbers and visitor lists and, and you know, scholarships and all types of stuff. I think the big takeaway from me was we haven't really seen too many opportunities for Penn State to host two massive recruiting turnouts within a three-week span. If you look back over the years, there's been some stripe-out games that are close to the white-out games and, you know, other primetime experiences that, um, you know, stack up well. But this, when you look at the two visitor lists for West Virginia and Iowa, and you look at really the, the, the quality of players that they got, it surpassed my expectations. I, I did the math. You know, there were 69 players 
for uh, in the class of 2025 who attended those two games. And that's that's just individual players. If they came to both, they're not in that. So 69 players who hold a power five offer in the 2025 class, another 42 in the 2026 class. That's 111 power five prospects who showed up at Penn State in a three week span. Obviously, there's been some other teams out there who have had big games in September, you know, two big home games in September. But I would I would I think it'd be hard to find another school who was able to to get that amount of quality prospects on campus and, and that quick of a span. And then when you have it early in the season, too, it comes back to the whole setting the bar high as these players go on and visit other schools. And they're constantly comparing those schools, those experiences to what they saw at Beaver Stadium. So I think it was really just can Penn State get as get that high of a number of, of quality prospects on campus for those two games. I mean, I thought we would see more, um, you know, kids doubling up than what we really saw. There was only a handful of guys who came to both of those games. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and when you look at the list, three of them committed Brady O'Hara, DJ McClary, Tyke Hayes, you know, th those mm. were three of the six or seven who came to both three jumped on board pretty quickly. And, you know, there's a couple, couple others that I put in this write up of, Hey, both these guys came to these games um, or, you know, these guys came to both games. Uh, and that's why it's a big reason why I think they, you know, they should potentially be on commitment watch here in the months moving ahead. But yeah, I, I just, to me, it was, it was a really, really quality two lists put together there of, of guys that they got on campus. And I think the four stars, I think I had it at 39 four star prospects. And, and really that list is going to end up being like closer to 50 when it's all said and done because of all the 2025 and especially 2026 guys who don't hold a four-star rating at the moment. So Man, 54 star prospects. It, again, 39 is the total right now. Really, it's probably closer to 45, 46. If you look at some of the players who hold four star ratings, maybe other sites that on three just hasn't rated yet. I mean, that that's incredibly impressive. There's a lot of schools uh, who would just die to have that many of quality players on campus there in, in such a quick span. Yeah, and I just want to follow up with kind of a point, and you, you can correct the areas here that I'm maybe missing the point is – we have to remember and we have to acknowledge at a certain point Penn State having so many players wrapped up in the class of 2024 like this is what the elite teams are doing and the rest of everybody else is trying to scramble to find guys later in the recruiting cycle I guess the the one area of difference is like those five stars the guys that are going to com commit on national signing day or etc cetera, etc cetera. maybe Penn State isn't on all of those guys but they are they have the bulk of their class done, which is not typical for if you look at outside of the top, what, 15 or 20 schools that that really are in on most of the, the meat of a class. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, sure. I think so. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you're usually looking at like two thirds of the class full, you know, and, and it's that number has gone up with the summer official visits. Obviously, those things uh, have kind of changed the entire game. Um, but you're you're usually looking at two thirds, and Penn State was, I think, well over that number at this point. Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're even going to get to thirty, which I think they have the space to get to thirty, I don't think they're going to get to thirty. There's not enough guys out there that 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 could work. Um, but yeah, that's they've got most of their shopping done before Black Friday, like basically is, <laughs> is what we're looking at here, and uh, did, it's it's did pretty. Did you good guys class. see? Sorry to interrupt you, Fitz. Did you guys see the commercial for Christmas shopping for October 9th? The other day, the other night on yeah there was a commercial I think it was Walmart it's starting like Christmas shopping on October 9th. and I was like 
literally like I was offended that it was happening in front of me. But Fitz, you, you just reminded me with that. <laughs> My that wife saw the day. other day. She literally came downstairs and was like, Hey, so I was on Amazon, you know, putting together an early Christmas list. I was like, just Stop. The catalog, the catalog came last week and my, my yeah. seven-year-old called my my mother and was like talked to her for like a half hour. It was like they're wheeling and dealing already. So that's that's I guess it's just me then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just me that has no interest in thinking about it till the end of November. Uh but Fitz, I want to get some what's one thought that you had of what you learned from September um that was interesting or you know, kind of you didn't expect coming out of out of that month heading into you know this third frame or second frame in, in the college football season. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of buzz out there right now. Like the you look at you know, for all the hand wringing that we've done about the offense and the explosive plays and everything like that, like kids are understanding that Penn State's five and oh right now and in the top 10, you know, like firmly in the top 10. Now, obviously, you know, you, you're gonna have that big game in two weeks, but at the same time, there's a lot of buzz right now. And they did it with, and I know the, the weather for Iowa was not ideal, but they did it with two spectacles, really. Like you, you, you don't see Penn State as a flash, flashy program, um, but that helps you make up that sort of time gap. You know, Penn State seen as this antiquated program for you know forever. Um, that that helps you make that up. That helps you make that helps you be cooler. Like, and it sounds really dumb coming from me, um, but it helps you be cooler, and, and it really helps catch on. Um, we saw what seventeen states, Ryan, for the. Uh, for the Iowa game. Yeah. That that tells you that there is a brand that is appealing, um, especially for as difficult as it, as it is to get to the state college tells you that, that, that brand is something that, that is pulling right now. Uh, That's something we should do in the future is like just brand association. We'll just go down a bunch of schools and be like, cool or not cool. And that will totally tell us what, uh, what high school kids think when you ask three 30 year olds, three, three (laughs) men in their thirties, what they think of all of these schools. But uh, if it's, you brought it up a couple of times in the last month and I think it's really important. And it's something that probably a lot of adults don't think about is like, what's cool. And that's really important in recruiting. What's really cool is our newest segment, true or false, which guys, you, you guys always love the imaging. This one, we took it to a new level. True or false. Needlessly dramatic. We're going to get to our imaging you've done. That was certainly one of them. Congratulations. (laughs) That is correct. Yeah. We're, we're always trying new things, expanding our tool belt. And now, uh, you know, AI robot voices, part of, part of what we're doing. Okay. So let's get to some of the questions we have here in the chat for our true or false start there. Xander Seacrest asks true or false. Penn State will flip one or more recruit in the 24 class. Uh, Fitz, coming to you. True or false? I'm I'm going true all the way. Like this is, I mean, you look back on past years, and there are guys that pop out of nowhere. There are guys that they've been recruiting all the time. Um, but to say one or to to put that over under at point five, like that's, I don't want to say a gimme because Ryan and I, you know, our gambling has been yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think uh, Penn State will do that. We talked about some guys that Penn State's trying to flip, and there, and I think there are guys that that Penn State could flip right now. A um, couple of couple of them were at the uh, the Iowa game, but like you're you're still shooting high. Like this is what you're doing. You're not sort of coming down and changing your evaluations to get guys in the class. But yeah, I think that absolutely they'll they'll end up flipping somebody, whether that's out of nowhere or whether that's a guy that we. You know, I've highlighted on uh, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Ryan, true or false? For sure. Absolutely true. Uh, as Sean said, 
they going to get the 30? No, I, I'd be surprised. But they 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 have the wiggle room to to add some guys. And and when you're flipping guys, it's because they're very, you know, they're important recruits uh, late, late in the cycle. So there's there's certainly some guys out there. Anybody who who pays attention to to what Sean and I write, you know, know know who those names are. Uh, but there's there's a there's a handful of guys that they're still pushing hard for. And you know, I could see a couple official visits uh, coming up here. Maybe not maybe some during the week uh, or excuse me during the season we'll see about that Michigan game uh but certainly in December I mean I feel like you know we we didn't we didn't really kind of hit on it earlier but the once the season wraps up there's a couple weeks there in December where they can host some official visitors uh so certainly some guys who committed elsewhere I could see popping up on campus I think I think I think one is is pretty likely and I wouldn't even be shocked if it's two Yep. Let's get to our next question here from Kreiner. Hey, and I real quick, just just sure. for numbers' sake, they flipped Chimney from. I mean, I mean, some of these guys are guys that stepped off of their commitments, but they flipped Chimney Ono from Old Dominion last year, Kevion Keys uh, from uh, North Carolina, and Mason Robinson from Northwestern, and all those came after this point in time in terms of where we're talking. So, like those guys' names will pop up. Uh, very good. That that's uh, that's awesome information to add on there as far as like what to expect that over under one or more i mean when you put it that way that's interesting uh kreiner says true or false penn State will be more aggressive in the portal this year than last ryan i'll come to you first on this one flip it up true or false i think they're always aggressive it's just kind of lining up the guys that fit them incredibly important uh on the field off the field everything guys that fit penn state the portal isn't always where you find those guys right they're, they're, so they're selective but I, I, yeah, I guess I got to say true. I mean, they're always aggressive. I don't know if I'd say any more aggressive this year than not. I mean, well, then I that's false. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to answer. I mean, they're always aggressive. I, I just, again, I, yeah, they will absolutely push for a corner. Uh, I think yeah. that's pretty apparent. And, and we'll, we talk about every year, defensive line, offensive line, finding guys who can, who can make an impact quickly. They will always push for guys there. So, yeah, they're always aggressive. I guess that's a false uh, because I, I think they're always trying to do what they did. I mean, yeah, well, obviously, looking back at the portal last year, you can certainly make the case that they 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 wish they would have had you know some more guys make immediate impacts, right? Storm Duck was we thought would be one of those guys who was getting on the field a good bit, and obviously yeah. wide receiver. Everybody talks about that, but uh, it's just every year is different. If they're in the portal, yeah, most of them are in the portal because they're not great players. To just be flat out. Uh, but there are those hidden gems, and those hidden gems are usually the guys that they're fighting for w with the nation's best programs. Fitz, true or false? It's interesting you mentioned the hidden gems because that's where you find, you know, that's where you're going to have to find the guys that can play right away. And, and you know, sometimes those guys are sort of bounce backs. So like Malik McLean, I think, can play at this level. Like, I think he showed early in September that he was more ready for this level than Dante Cephas, who may end up being the better player in the long term, but y you don't know that. And that, I think that's an interesting point. Um, I'm going to go with true um, just because of the positions that they need. The doesn't mean the output will be, you know, much better um, because if you're looking for an offensive lineman, preferably an offensive tackle, like, and it, I know that they, you know, feel pretty good about their depth, but they're always going to look for an offensive tackle. Number one, they did it last year with the kid that ended up at Oregon from Rhode Island that, uh, Ajani Cornelius and, you know, Penn State tried to get him. There's just no spots. And I think that that's something to keep in mind is there's certain positions where you can step in and play right away. There's also certain positions where you're not going to touch the field. And, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting for them to go out and land a guy like Alonzo Ford last year, who was, you know, 
fourth, fifth, sixth in terms of Penn State's uh, projected d- defensive tackle chart. That that's also um, that's also a wrinkle in terms of of portal. Um, and then on the flip side of it, like a corner, an offensive tackle, that's going to be expensive. Like yeah. when you're talking NIL, you're talking transfers. Like I, I get that Penn State has done a really nice job, especially a corner in terms of marketing that position and getting guys to the NFL where they will get their true paychecks. But try convincing a guy that's going to the portal for that. And then the third thing is Ryan mentioned the hidden gems. And some of the guys that go in the portal are clearly star- like stars. Like Keon Coleman was a star at Michigan State. And that's a guy that I think Penn State's going to have a very tough time getting because of that level of stardom, because of that price in terms of NIL and because of how things work and how quickly you can get them in. Like, I'm not saying that those guys can't be attained, but those guys are going to be really tough for a program like Penn State to get to to get to. And you're outright saying price, I think, tells you about, you know, how crazy this has just immediately gone to in the transfer portal of not better opportunity from a play standpoint it's better opportunity from a financial standpoint maybe play is attached to that. yeah i think i think it's the whole package there is yeah. like you know eventually the, the goal is nfl draft pick and yep. the money that comes with that because that's you know a little bit more stable than you know the gene stalkers money you know that's it's like right. that's kind of where we're at with that um so i think that there's that i, th- I do think uh, going back circling back i said offensive tackle said corner i think they're always going to look at wide receiver just, uh, you know, obviously that there are some shortcomings on the roster right now. Um, and if you can find a guy, maybe that's not Keon Coleman, but maybe a guy that can you think can start for you. I think they're they're certainly going to push there. Um, you know, you always look at at certain positions like quarterback just in case. I mean, they shouldn't shouldn't need quarterback. But, uh, you know, that's kind of where they're at with uh, with that whole thing. And again, offensive defensive line, always a thing for James Franklin like that. That is there's a lot of guys on the staff evaluating a lot of guys right now. And um not necessarily because you need to fill that 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 gap, but uh, hey, man, like this is this is championship level football. I'll come right back to you on this one, Fitz. Stephen Keel asks: True or false? This year's recruiting class has more development players than college ready players. I'm yeah, I true, true. I mean, that's I, I don't want to belittle the question, but that's pretty much every every recruiting yes. class here. Um, you know, Penn State has had some guys that have made some immediate impacts and it and it has always been the guys that we've earmarked as early, you know, early threats to do so. Like Zion Tracy missed all of spring with an injury, he had surgery in in January or February. And you know, all of a sudden he's playing as well as anybody in that freshman class right now. So you're not always gonna be sure what those guys look like when they get to college. But if you look at the the makeup of this class, especially in the defensive line, like the, there's lots of numbers in the defensive line right now, but there's lots of, for lack of a better word, projects. Like those are, yeah. everybody's a project coming in. But uh, those guys, especially when you take up a big chunk of the that with offensive and defensive line, you're that's going to lend yourself to being more developmental. So, but you look at, you look at the class, there are guys that, I think can potentially oh, we got 23 up here right now. Sorry about that. Um, there are pen, potentially guys that can come in and play right away. I mentioned the two corners from uh, Florida, like the, there's an opportunity there for those guys. It might not be as a starter, but it might be a situation where you can come in and, and make a dent there. Quentin Martin, we've talked about potentially using him in different roles, being a receiver running back slash type guy. I think he's talented enough to do so. Cooper cousins is one of the few offensive linemen that I can look at and say, Hey, this guy might play like, um, but outside of that, I think there's a lot of guys that are, you know, a little bit 
further behind in terms of of, of college development. Like yeah. there are some very talented high school players in there, but in terms of college development, maybe Tysier Denmark. You know, if he's if he's got everything uh, squared away, tremendously talented kid. Like tremendously mm-hmm. talented kid. And you know, the further you get away from the ball, um, from from the snap, that the easier it is to get on the field as a true freshman. Ryan, let me uh, rephrase the question for you because I think that this is an interesting way of saying uh, development. Um, but another way to say development is potential. So let's go look at it this class a different way. Penn State's O-line class in 2024 has a higher ceiling than 2023. And remember, they had a five-star in 2023. So I, I'm setting the bar pretty high here. But what, what do you think? What do you think of well, that? Well, first of all, I just the, actually the answer Steve's question is quick. I, I assume Steve's trying to compare this class to the past two classes. Like, that's how yeah. I took that question, right? Does is just obviously all classes are developmental, but if you're comparing it to 2023 and 2022, how does that shake up? And and that the answer is still true, just because again, it's five offensive linemen committed. What is it? Four or five defensive linemen committed. Like the, the bulk of the class are guys who are going to take time. So then when you're, when you're switching over to what you're saying, T Frank, um, you know, offensive linemen in this class compared to the offensive linemen in the last class, I would still probably go with last year's just because we're seeing it right now. Right. I mean, Alex Birchmeyer was the guy who for a long time we were saying maybe long term projects the best. And he's the one not touching the field right now compared to Donko and, and, and Javen and, and even Chimney's gotten some some reps as well. So uh, I would still lean towards last year's offensive line. But I, I also would stress like Cooper Cousins. Yeah, I could absolutely see Cooper coming in. Garrett Sexton's going to take time. But the, 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 the ceiling there is obviously incredible. And, you know, the same can be said about the other three there as far as long term. So I would lean as far as, yeah. Coming on the field, making an impact, still probably have to lean towards last year. But it's kind of the easy way out, right? Because I'm, I'm watching it happen right now. Are, yeah. are they going to have three of the five linemen come in and, and get reps? I mean, I guess you could really say two. Donko and Javen are the two really getting consistent reps. Jimmy's only gotten a handful so far. But uh, I, I would still – I think Cooper Cousins, everybody else in the next year's class – I think we'll take time. And hey, look, again, if you look at how they're coming in behind the group of guys who are playing now, like that depth's only getting bigger in my eyes, which makes it maybe a little harder for them to go on the field next year. Uh, Michael McCullen here in the chat asks a, a, a I think a, a, an intelligent way to ask the who's the next flip guy. True or false, Nykar committed to UM puts Chance Robinson back in play for Penn State. Chance Robinson, for those that aren't aware or who are new here to the channel, Chance Robinson, a strong Penn State target in the summer, uh, committed to Miami. That didn't really go anywhere, but now there's some more movement. So fits. True or false on this statement? I'm going to say false. Um Robinson's going to get to a Penn State game, but it's going to be in Columbus, and that seems to be the threat right now for uh, for Ohio State to flip uh, Chance Robinson from Miami. Um, <laughs> Miami had quite a weekend, obviously. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that was boy, that was. I mean, imagine this live show after one of those, huh? <laughs> I Jeez. think my computer would be on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but uh, no, I, I don't think Penn State's really much in it you know cider's got that relationship but i think it's either probably going to be miami or ohio state as as it stands right now uh do you have any additional thoughts on that uh Ryan? No, Sounds like you're good. i don't i don't think nycar really impacts chance robinson from a penn state perspective or a miami perspective i, I think both schools uh, chance knows where he rates with both of those schools and and as sean said certainly ohio state is the one who probably has the most momentum right now with robinson then you have florida in there as well penn state kind of feels like they're fringe top five if, if they're in the mix though 
Uh, Pierce Hart here, and, and Pierce is a, a new contributor. I have not seen Pierce's name here in the chat before, so welcome. Uh, and uh, if you are a new member here checking out the show, please subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on the YouTube channel, and of course, join us over on the website. Pierce says, true or false, Penn State will sustain recruiting levels in line with 22-23 and 24, I will also add, as a 12th overall class right now in the on-3 recruiting index, as long as James Franklin is the head coach. Um, what do you think about that one, Fitz? I'll go with true. Like they've been remarkably consistent in that twelve to or eleven to fifteen range. So, like, I mean, you can't always say that everything's going to be great. Like, it, there can be, there's going to be ups and downs, but like they always seem to wind up in that spot, like around that spot. It's like I go out and play golf and I shoot a forty-two on the front. I'm going to end up at ninety-five. Like it's just, it just happens. Like every round I play ends up at 95, no matter what I shoot on the front. Like that's, that's Penn state recruiting. Like no matter how bad it seems for people when they're panicking in April and may, like it's, it comes back around. So I think that, that they've been very consistent in terms of what they do. Um, you know, you'd like to be higher. Certainly they'd like to be higher. Um, but like in terms of where they're at right now is, is kind of in line with how they've been. And I think that that that's pretty amazing consistency. Ryan, do you have a, a quick thought on that? Because I got I got a question yeah. that I want to ask you that I think is the most like very interesting. So, do you have any uh, sure. any other thoughts on for that? For sure, true. I mean, look, they're the the playoffs expanding, and Penn State should absolutely be in the mix here in the years to come. So, uh, obviously, how you how you perform and how things go in the coming years will have a big impact on it. But like, I mean, Penn State if Penn State continues at the level they are, they should be in the playoff every every couple years minimum. And, and that should only help them on the recruiting trail, I, I would think, moving forward. Now, uh, you also got to take advantage of years like this where it looks like Ohio State might be down a little bit. And Michigan looks incredibly uh, impressive through, through their first, what, six games or so. But, uh, you know, take advantage of years like this and then uh, obviously build on that here in the years to come. I mean, Penn State should always have top 15 classes. That's been pretty consistent. They're going to crack the top 10 every once in a while, potentially this year. We'll see how things go in, in the weeks and months ahead. But, uh, yeah, I don't see any reason why there would be a different form. I love how you set me up for that one because um, Penn State has been relatively drama free during its recruiting cycles, especially specifically in December. Um, Penn State will have more recruiting drama this December than they have in several of the last few cycles, Ryan. True or false? Um, I'll go false just because I think Jalen Harvey is going to commit sooner than later. I, I do. I know. <laughs> I'm setting myself up there for a bad take down the road, but uh, basically but I do. that's the, that's the bedrock of this question is Jalen right. Harvey. And then a couple of the guys that have been, you know, kind of moving these things well, into the end of the season. But yeah, sorry, in some ways you can say like, I can see Sean saying true to this just because there's going to be guys available late in the cycle that, you know, will give us maybe something to pay attention to. But I also feel like those guys who are going to be available from what we know now are pretty, are going to be somewhat cut and dry, but uh Hey, there's what seventy some days until the early signing period, so who knows? I'll, I'll lean towards false right now. Are you going to say true, Sean? Sure, yeah, I'll say true. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's one of those things like when we're talking about coming into the season and guys visiting from that are committed elsewhere, like that always falls back to November. Like there's, you know, there's some of that stuff. You can probably sneak sneak one in for Indiana or something like that, but like it's always that part of the calendar just because number one guys don't really want to deal with it during their season. So maybe afterwards it opens up a little bit. Number two coaches start to get fired. There's turnover, you know, with assistant coaches and things of that nature. So like things will cultivate themselves. Like 
we weren't talking about chimney last year. We weren't talking about Venga Ione two years ago. Like there's, there's always something that pops up. That's what makes recruiting fun. What's makes following recruiting fun. Um, and, uh, and so I think there will be some stuff. Penn state does a great job though, of like wrapping up its shopping early and like focusing on a couple of guys down the stretch and their hit rate has been better over the last couple of years because of that attention that they've been able to give those guys. And, and I think that that's kind of what we're looking at with, uh, with the close out to the 2024 class. I don't expect a ton, but there's always something, right? And to, re- yeah, to reiterate yeah. kind of what Sean said too, like with Chimney and Vega, like to me, when we're saying drama, like those guys were kind of cut and dry. Like we knew what, we knew what was happening there. As mm-hmm. far as like guys were, I don't know. I don't know where you're going a couple of days out. Like we just, I don't feel like we see that as much as, as we used to. So that's, yeah, that's how I'm answering that. It's probably more activity than drama. Like I yes. think right. that's, that's, that's the probably the better it. word for what I wanted to drive at here. Penn, Penn State's drama has been very low, like over the years, like compared knock to. Knock on wood. <laughs> yes, knock on all the wood. Yes. <laughs> um, they've had some, you know, some guys that have gone down to the end, obviously, but like compare that to compare our signing day coverage with like, Bama online or, or somebody down South, like there's, it's very different approaches here. Um, and I think Penn state does that consciously, you know, there, there's some guys that you always got to drag with you to the finish line. But uh, you know, that, I think that for the most part, it's a low drama class. I think there's Ryan, there's like 10 guys. You, you did an early enrollee thing today. So with mm-hmm. a number of guys, I don't have the number offhand, um, but like, 10 of those guys are already paid accepted, which means yes. that's no drama. Like yeah. with, with the exception of what Lavert Hill, maybe like that, that is no drama whatsoever. You're We're going back to Lavert Hill. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's the one, right? Like, the well, one last year, who was the corner from Aquinas who flipped uh, up? Right. Hussey. Daniel Harris. Yeah. Oh. There was one last or uh, Oh, Hussey. No, Conrad Hussey, Conrad Hussey. Last year, you know, that was, okay. that was, there was some drama late with that one, especially because right. we were like, well, how's this impact Kig Mac and stuff. But yeah, for the most part, it's, it's fairly drama free and that's the way we like it. Right. Yeah. Uh, the last one I've got here, if somebody wants to throw one in the chat, we've had some excellent submissions from the chat. Lots of really insightful, smart statements. Um, the last one I have is not that it is just kind of a boilerplate. What Penn State fans want to know. And we are going with uh, the one you're highlighting in the rundown, Ryan. One of Penn State's class of 2024 defensive tackles will become a breakthrough player. And I'll add, I'll just give you the the players up front for everyone watching the show. Uh, DeAndre Cook, T.A. Cunningham, Liam Andrews is in that conversation. And I'm throwing in Xavier Gilliam. We're talking about guys that could be defensive tackles, even if their path forward is not fully set. Uh, So, uh, who? I don't know who I'm going to here. Uh, Ryan. I'll go. I mean, I, I think Sean and I would probably agree. Like, DeAndre Cook's the lowest-rated guy in this class. And what we saw earlier this year, there, there were some impressive things there, I thought, at the Under Armour camp. And I think if you you could pull uh, Penn State's recruiting staff on some of it, like, I think that they're substantially higher on DeAndre Cook than maybe some some ratings would. Now, is he going to be a breakout player, like breakthrough? Uh, time will tell, right? right? we got to lean towards Liam Andrews as far as what we see physically and, and some of those athletic, athletically. Um but yeah, I mean, one of them's going to break through. I don't know which one, but one of them's going to break through. Go ahead. There Sean. we go. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Just reminded me I had to respond to Liam Andrews DM about his stats. Seven tackles <laughs> for lost three sacks in four games. So he's doing well. Oh, come on, Liam. I've been bugging you for weeks. Did you get back to Sean? <laughs> I'm done with it. I'm done. It happens. 
Uh, hey, and, I'm just appreciative. Thank I you. mean, that, when you when you drive the hype train, you get the the special information. So, uh, you know, I'm a big <laughs> Liam Metris guy. Like e- either side of the sure. ball, um, I think he can develop into uh, a, a. I don't want to call him a game wrecker because that's putting the uh, the expectations too high. But like he's got all the tools um, on either side of the ball to be an excellent player for Penn State. Uh, I think he's a little bit different in turn. Like I, I don't like to earmark defensive tackles as early enrollment or excuse me, uh, early impact guys, just because that position is so hard to play and he'll still need to add size when he gets here um, playing both ways right now, doing everything that he does. It's going to be tough for him to, uh, to, to step right in. Like you can play, like you can make it into the rotation, but to, to, to actually like step right in and be into the, be into the thick of things is, is a different thing. And then you've got developmental guys behind him. I agree with you on cook. Like he's a big dude who can move like that is what you're looking for in the middle there. I think it's going to take some time to refine those skills. Um, and then Gilliam, Gilliam is really interesting to me because he's, he is um, twitchy. Like he's, he's twitchy for a defensive tackle. He's probably, you know, he's one of those guys that's a good athlete as an edge player. I think he can be a great athlete as an interior player. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a little bit smaller in terms of frame, but like he's explosive. Like you watch him, you watch those three guys, Cook, Andrews and Gilliam at camp this summer. Like Gilliam had some bounce to him, like and and th- not to say those other guys didn't, but it was just a little bit different. And I think I've used the volleyball analogy. When you see a volleyball player jump, you know he's a volleyball player. Like yeah, that's kind of what you were looking at with Gilliam there. Uh, Cunningham is going to be a you know developmental guy all the way. Has not played much football at all, and uh, we're gonna that's very much a we'll see in terms of like what he's gonna look like when he gets to campus. Penn State stuck by him. Um, you know he hasn't played this this year after moving back to Georgia. Um, but that's very much wait and see. I know the stars, the stars are there, but like that's a, that's one that's going to take a while, I think. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to ask the question is what you guys perfectly outlined there is you've got a lot of guys that have high ceilings. So going back to the question of developmental players in this class, I think it's fair to point out this, this has, this class has a ton of frames, like just huge guys. T.A. Cunningham is huge. Liam Andrews can be, as you mentioned, like a difference maker on the defensive line. Eventually, like it does, I don't think it has to be next year, but if you've got three, four guys, and then you mentioned Xavier Gilliam, who I love the way he moves. You guys uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. There's a lot of different types of potential here, but, you know, to get another guy on the interior to play at that level that you're seeing now, Zane Durant starting to butt into that, and you're, you're seeing some of the maturation process of some of these veteran defensive tackles, like just following up on that, I think it's interesting to see uh, that Penn State has a, a lot of good lottery tickets if you're, if you're looking at this uh, 2024 defensive tackle class. So, guys... Thank you so much for all your insight. Uh, we're going to get going here. Fitz, any last thoughts before we get uh, what you're looking at this week for BlueWhiteIllustrated.com and what you're going to be writing about that people can read about if they sign up? Not particularly. Back into game week, so obviously check out our practice coverage on Wednesday. Uh, appreciate everyone in the chat in terms of like questions. I thought we got some really good questions here. Um, it's tough to talk recruiting in October when Penn State, like I said, Penn State gets its stuff out of the way early, which is fantastic. We did some amazing shows in June. Yep. And now we're just kind of like piecing things together because that this is where we're at. We thought we'd have a commitment show today. We didn't. But uh, we thank everybody in that chat for joining us. And remember, check out BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for more. Ryan, um, your article that you put up before the show today, one last thought from you. Uh, anything you got coming up that you yeah, want to just, talk about? Yeah, just the, the updated list of early enrollees. I think fans will be very encouraged with that. It would be the biggest number that we've ever seen under Franklin. So I'll leave you with that tease. Yeah. Uh, 
go check it out. Greatly appreciate everybody who subscribes. We can't do the show uh, without people subscribing. So, um, you know, really appreciate everyone who's joined us over at BWI. And uh, we'll, we'll see where things go here over the next couple of weeks. It's Indiana, UMass, an away game at Ohio State. So, you know, when it comes to big visitor lists and uh, guys recapping big experiences, it, it, you know, we're, we're setting up here for a couple of weeks where I think we're focusing a lot on development of 2024 guys and what we're watching in high school games. But I promise you the, the Michigan game will be here soon and we'll have plenty to talk about that. And in the meantime, I'm going to be digging up interesting nuggets to talk about, and uh, we can break them down on the BWI Recruiting Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That is Ryan Snyder. Sean Fitz will be back. It's game week, so James Franklin's press conference coming up tomorrow. Check that out moments after it airs here on the YouTube channel. We'll talk to you later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.